The tournament is where Cinderella stories begin, and big wins happen on the biggest stage. With Gambat DC, you could make your Cinderella story a reality. Take advantage of new player bonuses online and in app, or play in person for boosted parlays. You can bet on all 63 games, even if your bracket's busted, and play from the edge of your seat with exciting in-game bets. Make your bets now with Gambet DC. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. We are here to discuss Thor Love and Thunder. I've now rewatched it. Um, as always, if you want to support the show, you can go to multipleworldproductions.com slash pre-orders and you can pre-order either Echo Delta Part 1 or uh, We Are Better Than Our Worst Instincts. I can never remember the title of the book. I don't know why. I'm writing the fucking thing, too. Um, I just can't remember it ever. Um, um, we Are Better Than Our Worst Instincts comes out in uh, June, and Echo Delta Part 2 comes out in um, November. A little over, a little under a month away from Echo Delta Part 2. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, but we also have, you know... Other stuff on there, too. If you go to the books tab, you can buy other stuff, too. Anything bought there goes to help support the show. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Because ad revenue is not... It's not, you know, listenership is fine. And we're actually gaining listeners. But, you know, Facebook and Google are not... You know, we saw those we saw those earning reports yesterday. And I'm like, oh, this is a shock to people. Because the, the bids for the ads are lower than they were this time last year by a substantial margin, um, which is great, because all it really does is tell me, uh, how much the ad market has taken a hit more than how much I can do to change it, um, because I can't, that is out of my control completely, how much the ad companies are willing to pay for a, uh, what's it called, I wanted to pay for, okay, go ahead, that, that's how that works, I wanted to pay for, uh, ad space, so, Regardless, that's the best way to help support the show. For two ninety nine each, you can pick up any of the books. They all go to help support um, support the show, and the budget is going to go mostly towards making Prelude Part One, which will probably get a name change um, before shooting. I think we're aiming for, if not late this year, early next year, to shoot on that. Um, but we will keep you posted. Um, so. Thor Love and Thunder. I've now watched the movie twice. I only saw it once in theaters. I saw it and I was like, this movie is not that good. And a lot of it came from the fact that it felt a lot like Thor Love and Thunder. Wow. Well, yeah, of course it felt a lot like Thor Love and Thunder. It felt a lot like Multiverse of Madness. And I'm like, well, I've seen Multiverse of Madness. I don't need to watch another one of these movies where it's like, it's, it, and it's, it, I don't know. A lot of it just didn't land for me the first time. Um, but yeah, so... Now that I've seen it twice, I can more accurately weigh in on on, on what I how I feel about it. So the the whole Jane as as getting the power of Thor thing is an interesting idea 
and they did it in the comics, and it worked moderately well in the comics, and, and, and I like the idea of it here. I feel like the issue is that the it's not executed well enough um, because, and it's, it's not specifically this movie's fault, it is the fault of the predecessor movie as well. Um, I don't think enough really goes into making us, you know, understand Jane making this, you know, making this decision. That motherfucker is sitting on the train tracks. I can't fucking believe it. Um, and, and, and it's like, I like, the personality shift within Jane is kind of something that I don't exactly understand. Like, yeah, I understand that when you get the suit on and you get the, the power, it's like, that's going to change your personality. I understand that completely. I just feel like a little more explanation of that and Jane coming into her own in this capacity would have been appreciated. I would have liked to see that play out on screen rather than us coming in in media res to her doing that. It's not that the movie had a, a runtime where that couldn't happen. And I'm not saying we need to learn, how, we need to see how she learns to fight and all of that. I, I don't give a shit. I'm going to be completely honest. I really don't, like, care about how she learns to fight. But there's a difference between learning to fight and being like, oh, well, she learned to fight doing X, Y, and Z. There's a fundamental difference between that and showing me a character who doesn't, like, who who is going through a personality shift as a result. And by the time we, we get to New Asgard and, you know, we see Jane for the first time, having gotten the power of Thor and, and all of that, when, when Thor reunites with her during the battle when, when Gore attacks, um, I feel like, you know, when we see that Valkyrie already knows what's going on, um, at the same time, I, I feel like we don't have a similar connection, for lack of a better word, between, um, what's it called, between Thor finding that out and, and, and us now seeing her like this. Um, I'm still not a fan of them changing the enchantment on the hammer for her to be able to use it, where it's like he he says just protect her to Mjolnir. I feel like you don't need to do that, especially coming off of the last movie we saw, you know, Mjolnir be used by someone other than Thor was, we saw that happen in, um, in Endgame. And it wasn't like he said to, you know, at some point, like, oh, and by the way, if Steve Rogers ever wants to use you, by all means, let him, because that's important. Like, there is no... That, that's not there. That's not a thing that happens. Um, and look, let's be honest, that all comes from what the enchantment is. The enchantment is... Um, whosoever be they worthy, uh, whosoever lifts this hammer be they worthy will possess the power of Thor. I don't think you need to have it be like, asterisk, and Jane if she ever gets cancer, or and Jane if she ever gets into trouble. I don't think you necessarily need that. I think that the way the hammer works, and then as evidenced by the end of the movie, when he imbues the power to the kids, is... You just don't need to have the conversation about, like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to put an asterisk here just in case we have this other situation where it's like, if they're worthy, they're worthy, they can go do it. Like, that should be the beginning and end of the conversation without needing to, to change it. Um, I think that the, um, 
a lot of the humor comes at inopportune times, and it, it is very much Marvel letting Taika Waititi do whatever he wants, which in this case is a detriment to the movie because we've we don't exactly like like here's the problem looking at this movie and looking at it kind of kind of like broadly is that this is a very dark subject matter and, and it's like the movie opens with Gore's origin being his daughter dies and then a god laughing in his face is the god he's been praying to laughing in his face and being like oh yeah well you you know you you died for a good like you know you all your all your purpose is to die for us and and, and gore gets pissed and, and 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 summons the necro sword and kills him and and when you when you see that it's like it's one of those things where it's like i, I gotta say like thor's not exactly uh, Gore's not exactly in the, you know, completely in the wrong here. It's like, I can completely understand where his motivation comes from. That said, like, it would have been better, like, and, and I think that the, the Thor's story with Gore is less tied to, you know, the main events of the movie. And it's like, the two of them intersect, but only in a cursory sense. And, and the reason why Gore needs to have conflict with Thor is purely because of what he needs Stormbreaker, which doesn't tie Thor nicely into the movie for my liking. I would have liked for, for it to have been something more personal, where Gore is coming after Thor because of something Thor did. Like, Gore could have been someone who, you know, where the Guardians went and, and, and like, that could have caused that. I think that... There's a way to do this movie. And, and, and again, bringing in Eternity too, I think, was a mistake as well. Because Eternity raises the stakes way too high for, for what this movie is. Like, having... And, and here's an all-powerful, you know, construct from the beginning of creation that predates the Infinity Stones and, and, and you know, and the Celestials and everything else that we know is, is ancient in this universe. And here's that, that, and... It's going to... It's going to be the, the big... You know, the big bad, bad in the move. Like, it's going to be the big thing that he's trying to get to because he can grant a wish. And it's like, well... Alright, so if eternity is a thing... It's like, I understand it, like... Like, why was Thanos' plan not to go to eternity... And wish to... To, you know, wipe out half the universe? But I feel like that's a much more time-efficient plan... To, to do that... Like... And it's like, okay, he's at the center of the universe. It's like, all right. Why can't we just fly there? Like, why we... Whatever. Um, Notwithstanding all that, he needs Stormbreaker to get there. And it's cool. Like, they get Stormbreaker and and the fight scene is cool. And and everything with that is kind of interesting. But I I just feel like there is a... A fundamental, like... I don't know if disconnect is the right word. But... There's a, I guess disconnect is the right word because the for a movie like this, we're gonna have this character who is got a vendetta against the gods. To have a character lead it who is a god and not have him, what's called, and not have him um, have the two stories intertwined intimately is 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 harmful. Like, and, and the thing is too, it's like we get a little taste of it in. Um, in Infinity War, 
where he goes and he he goes to Nivellir and he and he interacts with um, Eitri, and Eitri says like Asgard was supposed to protect us, and you failed. Like, have it be where it's like you know he hears the story of what happened with Thanos, and and, and it's like or he goes to um, what's it called he he goes to um, uh, what's it called he, like it was one of the planets that 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 Thanos decimated before the what's it called before the snap and and it's like now he's the last of his race because of that like do something like that where it's like okay so so that happened and Thor didn't help Thor like everything Thor and then Thor was supposed to or like have something have happened during the events in between um Age of Ultron and, and Ragnarok Whereas, like, it doesn't have to be specifically Thanos, but it could just be, like, something major happened to this world, and, and he did not, he did not help because he was off on his, his quest trying to find the Infinity Stones, which, ultimately, nothing good came of that anyway. So, you know, th- there are many avenues you could have gone to very, like, efficiently tied these two stories together and made it all fit together neatly in a way that makes it um, interesting for the viewer but at the same time it's like doing it the way they did where it's like he needs the the axe because the axe can summon the Bifrost and it's like because he needs the Bifrost to get to eternity it's like there's nothing really that lays that out early in the movie and it's not until he interacts with Thor for a like in New Asgard that it's it really established that that's what he needs to do. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it, it, it's just a movie. Like, like it, it, it just happenstance. And he's like, all right, I'm going to kill this god, I'm going to kill this god. And I think, too, the idea that, like, the sword is telling him, go to eternity. Like, get to eternity, and when you get to eternity, you will be able to um, go and, uh, what's it called? You'll be able to go and uh, um, just kill all the gods in one fell swoop. If that's the case, then why is it that they are they're going through all of this, you know, rigmarole and going and killing these other gods with with the necro sword? Why not go directly to eternity? How is he getting around? It, can the necro sword teleport? Can only the Bifrost get to eternity? Like there are so many questions. Because then Zeus's lightning bolt can get there, as can as can Valkyrie. Does the Necro Sword not know where it turns? Like, there are so many questions that, that come from this plot line where it's like, if you just have it where a guy has a personal vendetta, which is what it appears they're setting up with Hercules in the post credit scene, where it's like, it's just a personal vendetta when Hercules goes to fight Thor. Like, if, if that's what they're doing, then I don't see how it's necessarily needed that we need to have these universe-ending stakes... And, and by the way, after visiting Omnipotent City, which is a complete waste, because we don't see really anything cool while we're there, besides Zeus, um, especially considering this show comes after Moon Knight, and we know the Egyptian gods are a thing. Um, that, that's just the biggest waste of time in the movie, is going to Omnipotent City, because they just need to get his lightning bolt. But, like, the issue is going there and seeing how the gods act, and it's like... It's not just Zeus is an ass and that other god that, that Gore prayed to was an ass. Like, 
It's it's all the gods are kind of asses, with the exception of Thor, apparently. Where it's like at one point it's like, all right, now we're gonna have a, a contest to see who can um, see who has the most human souls um, sacrificed in their name, and it's like, and, and Thor's like, all right, that's not that that doesn't look great. Like it's it's that kind of thing where it's like the gods are not good in this. So again. And, and and they don't interfere when needed. So it's like again, is it now is it, is the issue that the the celestials can't be killed by this because they would be if if he went, and the celestials are needed to create new life and build new stars and, and all of that. Because if, if that's the case, I can I can buy that. Where it's like, look, the gods aren't great. If he wants to kill the co- the gods, that's fine. But you know, the celestials are needed to to maintain life in the universe. Like there, there are so many things that are just kind of not really laid out in a in a meaningful way, that I feel like the movie could have better explained and had it better explained, it would have been better off for it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there there are better things to do with the runtime than you know than than simply put so much stock into. And there's also universe ending stakes. Like, the, the universe is also possibly at risk, if not for Thor doing this. It's like, just put Thor personally at risk. Or better yet, you know, you now have Jane, and Jane has Mjolnir. Make it so that way there's a mix-up, and he's going after her. And that's why Thor needs to interfere. And, and I think that that would be a better way to have handled this movie altogether, rather than be like, okay, well... He's gonna, you know, they're gonna have to kill it. Like, you have to stop him from doing that. And, and and everything along the way that we do, we're gonna be like, well, it's not a terrible idea. Because it's not like he was going, I'm gonna go to Eternity and wipe out all life. It was, I'm gonna go to Eternity and kill all the gods. It's like, alright, so so Thor dies. T- like, I'm okay with Thor dying in this case, because it seems like it's a net benefit for everyone. Like, I don't know. <sighs> It just—it feels like there was there was better avenues to do what they were trying to do in this movie. And it just they just did the bad version of anything that they they wanted, and I feel like there was a there was definitely a better way to handle it. Um, what else is there? Um, do I do I think that um, I don't know? I just feel like there were there were definitely better things to do in. in during the entire runtime, and it's just totally all over the place, where it's like, you get comedy, 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 and then you cut to an intense dramatic scene, which doesn't quite land right, because it's still being portrayed kind of comedically, so the stakes never feel real, and I could buy it more, having watched it a second time, it's like, it feels like Korg was telling the story, um, but throughout the runtime, that's kind of forgotten, um, except for when it's time to do flashbacks, and then Korg will come in and, and do a flat and, and narrate it in the flashback. But it would have been like at the end, it's like just do something with like, well, that's how I remember it at least. Like something like that would have been so much better, I think. Like because then it's like at least it's like, oh, okay, well, none of this is really entirely serious. It could have gone differently. Um. And, and I feel like that would have fixed a lot of the... Like, that would have fixed some of the problem with the movie. I, that, um, doing it just simple... That, that simple line at the end from Korg would have alleviated that issue. 
what else happened in this movie that I was that I wanted to address? Um, Thor, Jane, um, the stakes, um, the framing device. Oh, the the love story that is kind of the the core to it. And again, not entirely this movie's fault. I felt the same way, kind of about um, what's it called about um, uh, Infinity War. Where it's like the universe is ending and the universe is going to end because, um, you know, and and we are willing to let bygones be by. And I think that a lot of this is reflected in the fan reaction, too, where it's like, oh, you know, Star-Lord fucked everything up when he punches, um, what's her name, in the fa- when he punches Thanos in the face multiple times um, and wakes him up when they're, try- when they're going to get the uh, Infinity Gauntlet off of him. Um, and it's like... Look, I, I get it. I get that that's the, um, like, the way that it kind of works. Um, that, it, that it's like he has to fuck it up there. But the other problem that I have with that is, um, you, there's nothing really established in the Guardians movies or in, um, what's it called? Or in, in or in Infinity War itself that it, this love story is worth destroying the universe over. Like, half the universe dying is worth that moment. Um, and, and, and it's not specifically, again, not specifically that movie's fault, but it would be nice to have a little bit of development where it's like, okay, so if we are at, you know, this point, it's like, like I, I would rather the, like... Like, him not being able to pull the trigger and kill her in the first place, and him fucking up the plan both come from this place where it's, like, this deep love that's never really established between the two of them. Um, And the same thing kind of goes for this, where even between Thor and the Dark World, you don't really get the sense that these two have a deep, profound love for each other. Um, and, and, And the only way they really get you to the point where you can kind of buy it is by the end of the movie. And I think, too, that the movie does try to make that the emotional core, but it doesn't really fit right. Like, like I don't think that, you know, the by the time we get to the end, where, um... And, and I think that it does it enough, but where it's like, she's like she's dying, and, and, and Thor finds out that the dying is, um, I guess New Asgard doesn't have HIPAA, um, but Thor finds out that the dying is, is exacerbated by her becoming the mighty Thor, and it's like, I'm, like, you can't keep doing this, um, I don't know why he wouldn't have brought the hammer with him, instead of leaving the hammer there, to, to, I mean, I guess part of it was, it's like, I wanted to tell you, and then, and just, you know, this is going to kill you if you do it again, it's just, it, it, it seems kind of silly to me that, like, you know, and and I don't think that seeing the two of them together is enough to, to ground Gore's story and have him be willing to use the... And again, it comes back to the fact that Eternity is the end of the movie. Eternity doesn't need to be the end of the movie, where it's like... I don't think it's necessary where it's, he needs to talk about, you know, oh, well, I, um, 
I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to die so I can spend my last moments with her. I feel like that's not something that needed to happen. And also, like, Gore there doesn't really have his, you know, he's already gotten his ass kicked. There's really no need why he shouldn't have just killed him. Um, and, and, and then spent the last time with Jane. And it, it just, there, there are so many things in that movie that come from this nonsense. And for Eternity to have not been mentioned, like, again, a lot of the problems come back to Eternity, where you don't need to make that the emotional core of the movie. And you can have the fun little rom-com and kind of the sadness that comes from this, but to have the entire thing hinged on the fact that he needs to convince him to do that. He needs to convince him to not use the wish to kill the gods. Or, in this case, I guess he wasn't trying to convince him, maybe. But that being contingent on um, his love for Jane, I don't think quite hits properly. Because I don't think we ever see anything to make us think that that love is anything serious. Because even their relationship, like, they, they grew apart and, and all of that. And it's sad, and it's like, okay, well, he leaves, and then she leaves the note, and, and whatever. And I just feel like there's a better way to handle that whole thing. And all of that can stay if Eternity's not in the movie. And, and, and if needing him to not kill on that ground is not in the movie. You can keep all that in, and it still works a lot better. It's just the fact that the, the resolution of the plot is contingent on this is where it kind of falls apart for me. Um, And and there are a lot of interesting visuals. I'm not just here to shit all over the movie. There are a lot of interesting visuals up and down the entire thing, and it makes it fun to watch. And then there's also, like, the the soundtrack's great with, you know, it's basically the entirety of Appetite for Destruction, and, you know, the the visual style is, is great and interesting. It's just... The, the plot itself is kind of... For, for a movie that's an hour and 50 minutes, it's a little bloated. Because um, there's too much going on. Um, and I, I think the, the there was a lot of other stuff that they, they did very well. Like, I think that that was cool. I think they used the Guardians just enough. Um, and, and it made it kind of... Uh, Kind of interesting, and, and and it's like the way they play Mantis for laughs just will never not be funny. The way they play her naivete just you know always always works for me. Um, where it's like everything in Guardians two and everything in um, in Infinity War is great too. Where it's like you know the uh, the great heroes I've read stuff like Kevin Bacon, and he's like maybe he's on the team, um, but also I mean. That's the only reason I'm really excited for the Guardians holiday special is to see her and Drax's, you know, continued, um, like, chemistry between the two of them. I think the two of them pair really well together, and I do want to see how that plays into the, in going forward. Um, I just feel like the... I didn't talk about the Guardians trailer, because it's been a busy week, so I've had a lot of other stuff to talk about, but we'll tack that on here, the Guardians trailer, because it's, you know, not too much to talk about. Um... Again, don't exactly feel like we have enough of a relationship established. And I think part of it is that, you know, like, Guardians of the Galaxy takes place around Phase 2. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 takes place six months later. 
and it's a substantial amount of time passes between then and Infinity War. So we don't really see a developed relationship between Gamora and, and, and Star-Lord, but it, it needs to be better laid out for the audience for that to really have an emotional impact. And if this is supposed to be the same year as Endgame, um, I can understand him still mourning, but if it's supposed to be real time since Endgame, I, I think we, you know, I, I think it's supposed to be the same the same year, and it's like, I don't think the relationship's really been developed enough where it's like, he's still that bummed out, especially considering we meet him, and he's a womanizer. Like, I think that that's the big thing, where it's like, and, and again, it's the same issue I have with, you know, looking back now, um, episode four of Star Wars, um, where he, uh, like, Luke is, um, and Luke and Han rescue Leia, they're on the Millennium Falcon, they're flying to Yavin to deliver the plans, and they're, they're talking, you know, and, and Luke is despondent because Ben is dead, and it's like, I mean, re- like, really, like, this guy, this guy who you referred to as a crazy old hermit in the desert is dead, and now all of a sudden you're, you're, you're this sad, and fucking Leia has to console you, Leia, who everyone she knows and loves is now blown up and dead because she just watched her home world get destroyed, it's like, yeah, she has to console him, oh, fuck off with that, so, either way, um, like, like, that's how it kind of feels, where it's like, Nebula lost a sister, I mean, maybe it's just Nebula's taking it better because, like, she knows that, you know, Gamora is out there. Like, she, like, I mean, they both know Gamora's out there, which makes this all the weirder. Like, they need to give some explanation as to why he's so upset, besides the fact that she just doesn't remember because they haven't met. But, like, there is no reason why she can't reconnect with the team. Um, there, there's no reason why she can't reconnect with the team. That That's the big thing that I, I want to make sure it's clear here. Um, and, and I will be interested to see where that goes. Um, but, but still, the movie seems goofy and, and kind of ridiculous, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. I'm not not gonna watch it, but still, I feel like there was a, definitely a better, you know, avenue here. And I'll, I'll trust James Gunn until he delivers something that I don't like, and he has yet to do that. So, you know, let's, let's see. Let's see what happens. And, uh, I don't know. Um, so, let's wrap up there for today. This weekend, we have... I'm probably going to watch All Quiet on the Western Front tonight. Um, but there's All Quiet on the Western Front. There is, um, The School of Good and Evil or something like that on Netflix. There's Barbarian. There is the Jon Stewart Beware My Power, the animated movie. Um, and we may have another 30-minute reviews episode this weekend. I don't know yet. We will see. Um, but... Until then, have a great rest of your week.